the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Seeing nothing is usually a good reason not to believe something or someone exists. But with our Lord, he does things differently. For instance, last week, Peter and John raced to the tomb. And although Peter got there first, it is actually said, although Peter looked into the tomb first, it is said of John that he saw and he believed. Chapter 20, verse 8 says, Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. But when John went into the tomb, what did he see? Some of you might say he saw two angels, but actually Mary saw the two angels. John looked into the tomb and saw nothing. Which is a strange thing if you think about it. I saw nothing and I believed. Now today we have Jesus calling out. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Once again, we have not seen and believe connected. But not today, it's just praised and it's blessed. For Thomas, though, isn't just simply seen. Thomas kicks it up a notch and says that he'll only believe if he sees and touches. So touch is added to his prerequisites for belief. And if this is the case, then it would make sense that the disciples' first opportunity to preach the resurrection was a resounding failure. When they preached to Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas responding in today's language, okay, but did you touch him? And Jesus, working with this, working with that kind of environment, working in spite of closed doors, whether it was made with wood or flesh, presents himself. And in presenting himself, transforms unbelief into faith. But this faith isn't informed by such, by touch or sight, but it's informed by the presence of Jesus. Jesus spoke. Then Thomas's eyes were opened, his hands were healed, and then he saw, and then he touched, and then he exclaimed, My Lord, my God. Now, I know many of you won't remember this. In fact, maybe I should say, I know many of you won't even know this. But in the martial arts movie, Enter the Dragon... When asked what style of fighting he fought with, Bruce Lee, the main character, responds, it is the art of fighting without fighting. The whole point being the greatest way to win a fight is to win it without actually fighting. I think John was thinking the same thing. Because I think... If I was to characterize the way John speaks about belief, he would use the same terms. I would call it the art of seeing without seeing. 
Remember, John races to the tomb last week and seeing nothing believes. And then today, Jesus speaks to Thomas that not seeing and believing is the true blessing. The whole point being that the greatest way to understand is to understand without trusting yourself and or your senses. Our Lord today is telling us that we don't rely upon our senses in order to believe. Rather, it's faith formed by Christ that enlightens our senses. Faith formed by Christ enlightens our senses to see, to touch, to smell, to hear, and to taste what, in fact, we believe. See, this is a paradigm shift today. A paradigm shift for the world and for us. Our Lord works not by the senses, but by his word and spirit. Our Lord breathes upon the twelve today and gives them his presence. Changing how they see, changing how they hear, how they taste, how they touch, and how they smell. Because now for the twelve, it's according to Jesus Christ that they believe. And for Thomas, the presence of Christ with him changed everything. Now Thomas is full of faith. Thomas is full of Jesus and sees things differently. He doesn't see things according to his natural eyes. Sure, he does use them, but he does not see according to them because now he sees according to Jesus and the word of Christ. It is the art of seeing without seeing. The alternative, though, if we think about it, the alternative is a very dangerous way to live. Because what we see is not necessarily reality. What we see is not necessarily the way it is. Because with Christ present, changing everything, plain water is now our salvation. A normal-looking guy with messy hair, speaking human words, now is transformed into a preacher preaching the Word of God. And a little wheat cracker and a bit of wine now is transformed into the body blood of Jesus. In fact, what looks like an insurmountable and horrific loss of Jesus on the cross, is now God's and our victory. The thing is, though, the fun doesn't really stop there, because the presence of Jesus now, because of these, spreads into our daily life. When we travel to Siberia, we travel to a couple towns, Kirovo and Edinia. And in these towns... People are poor and people are isolated. They are in the middle of nowhere. But strangely enough, Christians in these towns see things according to Jesus. And they see their lives through faith. Because those who were poor are now rich in the gospel, and they who were isolated 
are now in the community of the one holy Christian and apostolic church. You see, if they were to simply to play by their natural senses, by themselves, all they would have is hopelessness and purposelessness. They would only see their poverty and their isolation. But that's not what they see. Because by the presence of Jesus, they see hope, they see purpose, and they see their salvation. Because they know that even in their poverty, even in their isolation, our Lord presents himself for their salvation. He presents himself to satisfy the hungry heart, to love the unlovable, and befriend the lonely. See, they don't understand life according to their natural senses. But they understand their life according to what Jesus says, according to the presence of Christ. Now, they're not perfect, but they're pretty good at seeing without seeing. The thing is, though, his presence for them in Siberia is the same for us today. Because our Lord comes to them just like he comes to us at the altar, with his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity. It is at the altar where we receive mission. It is at the altar where we receive the mission to confess, along with the disciples, that we've actually seen the Lord. And for all those Thomases out there in our life, we can actually say, we've touched the Lord. We don't really need to stop there, though, with sight and touch. Because now, when Jesus presents himself, we can confidently confess that Jesus is here in a real way. Now, sure, those we share the good news of Christ coming to us, sure, they're going to say, it just looks like plain water. Sounds just like some bloke speaking human words. It's not, it looks like just like bread and wine. And they might actually look at you and say, you're just a bunch of normal people. Aren't you the plumber's daughter? Aren't you the carpenter's son? However, with Jesus being with us and in us, we'll continue. We'll continue to practice the art of seeing without seeing. And we'll say to them, keep looking, because Jesus is here. Jesus is coming to forgive us, to renew us, to lead us, to save us. And with Jesus at our side and in us, now for us, everything is transformed. Trusting ourselves and our senses can no longer be the way. Rather, our Lord having his way with us and creating us to be completely given over to him. Ourselves, our senses, confessing what he says. That will be the way. Because that is the faithful way of seeing This faithful way of seeing is the art of seeing nothing but actually seeing everything. 
This kind of scene that saturates ourselves, including our senses, by the presence of Jesus, is the kind of scene that we will actually see the way life really is. The way we see reality. A world created by God. So that this world, including us, would live in communion with him and with each other. In love. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.